welcome to Home Space and Reason, a podcast about creating a home that thrives. Hi there, I'm Christina Browning, your host. If you know your home could be so much more than it is, I discuss home functionality, aesthetics, and automation. I'm a realtor in Portland, Oregon, and a home functionality coach nationwide. I geek out on every subject imaginable regarding your home and yard, challenging you to think of your space differently to get the most out of every square foot. I pose questions for you to think through about your space and your reason. This podcast is all positive, offering you virtual fist bumps and celebrating every win. Remember, there's no such thing as perfect, but you can still aim for your best every day. Follow along with me on social media under the handle Space and Reason. Most people who are familiar with the presence of energies and the law of attraction understand the concept of manifesting what they desire, focusing on what it is that they want. And sometimes that starts with meditation. They get relatively good at focusing on meeting their goals, working at being their best selves, but then maybe there's a block of some kind. You desire more free time, love, more money. Just like acupuncture or meditation addresses our internal energy, Feng Shui addresses our environmental energy. Classical Feng Shui is not interior design. It is the study of how our environment influences us. This, of course, fascinates me, and I wanted to learn more, so I invited a classically trained feng shui consultant onto the show today. Feng shui is literally translated wind water, but it is the study of how our environment affects us. It's a part of the five major arts of Chinese metaphysics. So if anybody's wondering, is it a religion? Is it a belief? Nope, it's just a, it's a part of metaphysics. So the five major arts of metaphysics are mountain, which is like Tai Chi, medical, which most people are familiar with, like acupuncture and herbalism, divination, which is forecasting and predictions like the I Ching, destiny, Bazi, your Chinese astrology. And then the fifth one is physiognomy. And physiognomy is the study of form. So face reading or palm reading, but feng shui gets put in there because it's the study of our environment, the study of form of our space. My name's Jeanette Zizikowski. I am currently in Dallas, Texas from Blue Springs, Missouri, right outside Kansas City. So all the Chiefs fans, that's my hometown. So I went to Kansas State University for my master's in landscape architecture And while I was there is when I started studying about feng shui because the original feng shui is called forms feng shui and it originated from the actual forms of our planet, the mountains, the hills, the waters. Our earth creates chi, it creates the energy, right? So the very, very, very original feng shui is from our actual landforms and people wondering where to farm, which it makes sense, right? science, where's the best place to farm my crops to get abundant crops. It transitioned into burying your ancestors in an auspicious location. So feng shui is called yin feng shui or yin house. And 
people would bury their ancestors so that when they passed, the ancestral good luck would come to those still living. So you bury them in a good place. So you can still to this day find certain lots that are feng shui and like bury your ancestors that way. <laughs> anyway, so I was learning about all that while I was in school. And then I thought this is really cool. And at the time, you know, the first thing people are attracted to a feng shui is money and love. And honestly, they still are. That's like why everybody gets into it. So I did my dorm room, you know, did my apartment with all my roommates. And I just kind of kept practicing and learning about it on the side. And then I graduated, moved to Dallas, Texas, started as a landscape architect. And then I went through that process that many people getting into corporate go through. You like it. It's exciting the first year or so. And then you're like, this isn't for me. I started to go down a crazy spiral of negativity. I was losing all of my confidence. When you're not passionate about something and when you're self-aware, like I was, I knew I wasn't the best landscape architect. <laughs> I knew that my talents lied with people and helping people fix their problems. But when you start out, you don't talk to the client until you're very seasoned, right? Usually the person behind the computer. So what people would always say to me is, Jeanette, you talk too much, like go get your work done. And I thought, you know what? I need to get paid to talk. I functioned my space and I thought, bring me the right people. Like, let's find this new job. Where am I supposed to go? Started bumping into the right people, right? That's how it works. The energy brings you the right people. I ended up finding somebody who had an opening for sales, negotiated a 17% salary increase going into this job of sales. I had no idea what I was doing, but hey, more money. Feng Shui can bring you more money. But again, after about a year or two, the same thing happened. I was like, okay, I've already maxed out here. I'm doing well. I don't know. But I thought, I don't want to be the woman that changes jobs every two years. Like, And that brings us to 2020, a year we all remember. So I moved in March and I thought, okay, I'm moving places. Feng Shui is the study of how our environment affects us. So this new environment, something's going to change. But I love my job. I told the CEO of that company, I'd be the CEO one day. I really loved it. <laughs> a couple of weeks after that, I got let go and pretty early, like April 9th. I was not, it was not suspected. I was the fifth best person in that company, like totally blindsided. Hey, 2020 threw us all for a loop. But when you have feng shui and you have all this energy support, you think, okay, life is happening for me, not to me. What am I learning from this? What am I supposed to take from this? You know, I mourned the job for about a week. And then I thought I've been practicing feng shui now for like seven years. And so I thought I'm just going to go be my own boss. My passion is feng shui. And you learn to listen to the synchronicities and the things that come up. And so here we are today. Outstanding. I love hearing those sorts of personal growth stories. I'm wondering, tell me what the difference between a classically trained type of feng shui and the more commercial western type of feng shui tell me a little bit about that somebody who practices western feng shui or btb which is when you google feng shui what comes up it's that tic-tac-toe looking grid where each square is a different color and one's career one's relationship one's fame that's western americanized btb feng shui i don't want anybody to be scared off by the word or feng shui because it goes along with a lot of what you talk about, the purpose and intention, the reason, how you use your space. One of my, the episodes I love that you have is episode 21 with the heat map. 
of the person walking through. Where's your energy being used? Right. And so if we combined our efforts and we, you were like, this person's heat map is all over here. And I said, well, I need this person's heat map to be using this and this and this space. You know, it's all about just aligning your actions with the energy in your home. So with classical feng shui, you can't just Google stuff and have an answer, right? Because what's good for one home isn't necessarily good for another. Like more goes into it than like, three questions in a Cosmopolitan magazine article, right? Classical feng shui, no. It is never one size fits all because every home is built at a different time. Every home is facing a different direction. And so every cure, every adjustment is specific to that home. Feng shui is just always happening. Now, whether you have good or bad feng shui is different. Where interior design comes into it and does play a role is again back to our energy. We cannot deny that colors have a psychological effect, that a pretty space makes us feel better, or that a red wall means something to somebody and means something different to somebody else, right? That affects our energy as well. Interior design is about the design. It's about the person and what they like and all that. Feng Shui is about, it's more science. It's what energy is coming to your space and how do you interact with it? Where do you work out in your home? Where do you sleep? Where do you have that coffee? Okay, if where you have your coffee matters, I would love to hear about a real example of like a consult you did with someone so we can kind of hear what it's like, what your process is like, what you're recommending. Feng Shui consult starts with that first Zoom chat or FaceTime or phone call. What we do is we look at your floor plans. Your floor plans are pretty crucial because when we get your floor plan, then we look at the direction your home is facing and contrary to popular belief, it is not necessarily your front door. It's where the most energy comes in. So if the back of your house is two story, beautiful windows overlooking the ocean, I'd say more energy is coming in that way, right? So we look at the direction your home is facing When it was built, compass direction. And so when we look at your floor plan, we divide it into directions, north, south, east, west, northeast. It looks like a pie over your house. Based on the calculation that I run, we get those numbers that I called stars that represent energy. Those tell me the story of what's happening. And so then we talk to each other, either virtually or in person, We walk through the space together and I say, this space needs a little bit more fire. This space needs a little bit more water. Feng Shui is all about the balance of the elements. So back to those five major arts of Chinese metaphysics, each one of those balances the elements, anything in traditional Chinese medicine as well. How does fire, earth, metal, water, wood all interact? So when we read the story over the floor plan with all these numbers and we see the teeth problems or the thyroid, feng shui cannot cure any sickness. It just is a little bit of insight on what we may be facing that year. You know, it's just awareness. So we walk through the space virtually or in person and we add in the elements that are needed. Maybe there's too many plants in one area that doesn't like wood energy. Maybe that's what's irritating your sleep or your money. Maybe some area wants a little bit more water, a little bit more earth. And so we balance out those elements. 
these numbers that come over the floor plan, there are four numbers, sometimes five, in every wedge. And by wedge, I mean north, south, east, southeast. In every direction, there's about four or five numbers. Two of those represent yin and yang. Yang is our active activity. That's where we're working out. That's where we're making deals. That's where we're calling and having family dinners. Yin is our bedrooms, is our meditation, is our calm. You do want a balance of yin and yang. Your bedroom, we do not want four glass walls. <laughs> you can even picture that in your head and you're like, absolutely not. That feels way too exposing, right? Like practically, this doesn't make any sense. So bedroom, we want it more yin. So we want to have those walls. So we, we want windows and activity around where our active spaces are, our living rooms. But before you build that home, is the energy that would be coming in from those windows good? If we have the big windows and the two-story windows facing the ocean and eights and nines are coming in and that's money and that's human harmony, awesome. Then yes, the more windows, the better. If it is inauspicious, and more aggressive than no, we want a wall there. So feng shui can guide you as you're building. So where I'm different as a feng shui consultant is I help people a lot with mindset and internal vibration. So we're all energy, right? We have a vibe. Everybody these days wants to be high vibe. Well, that vibe is a real thing. That is truly, we radiate a certain energy. So when we align our energy with our environmental energy, the way it's intended to be used, that's when everything happens faster. You get your dream life quicker. You get that raise faster. You get the job quicker. You meet the right people quicker when they're both aligned. So share with everybody, if you would, the story about that gal. While we were on Zoom, I said, okay, let's look at some key areas. So in feng shui, your power position is facing the space. You want to be in the power position in your space. And so I said, how about you rotate your desk so that your back isn't turned to money? She specifically wanted money and help with selling some products. We were in a scenario where we saw each other very frequently, like every day for a week. And I heard people in the space talking about her and I heard good buzz. And at the end of the week, after we had rotated her desk, I said, hey, so how's your business going? How are things going? And she said, oh my gosh, I brought in my product, like the day after you and I talked and it sold out that day, which had never happened. And she had been doing this for a year or so. Right. And she said, I brought it in. And by the end of the day, it had all sold out. And I have three interviews with boutiques that want to hold my product. And I was like, there you go. And all she did was rotate her desk sometimes. And since we have actually feng shui'd her home now. And what we see with feng shui, I practice classical feng shui, not Western, which uses the flying star technique based on the way your home is facing, the direction of your home and the time it was built. We run a calculation to see what timely numbers are coming in. It's called the flying star technique. So we call it stars. And But they're really just numbers that lay over your floor plan. And those numbers each tell me a story. Like they each represent an element, a body part, an emotion, so many things. So when I see where they're coming in, like money, for example, it was totally clear why when she rotated her desk, she's she was in that money energy. And so it was true her, that whole time her back was to the money 
we were able to orient her. And that's the beautiful thing about classical feng shui is we look at how can you use the energy, right? To support you and your actions. It's not just about placing a plant or putting a lucky dragon on a shelf. It's about energy is energy. You use it, right? So it's about how can you use the space? Where should you have your morning coffee? Where should you make those business phone calls? Where should you be meditating? There's no perfect feng shui. Even if you build your home from the ground up, it's never perfect. Amen, sister. There's no such thing as perfect. Do you see a pattern of when people want to work with you? You can feng shui in between jobs when you need help with jobs. You can feng shui if you want pay increases. You can feng shui to get more energy to feel unstuck. I mentioned that earlier. Tell me a little bit more of unblocking or or not being stuck anymore. So unblocking is when we know the energy in your space, we know if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling in a rut, if you're feeling overwhelmed or obsessive about money, I keep using money just because that's the biggest thing. It's one of the biggest stressors, right? I can see very clearly your pool might be aggravating the wood energy that is aggressive towards money. Feng shui just makes your life a little bit more serendipitous, right? You you get these gut intuitions and you get these ideas and you act on those ideas, the good ideas, not the cutting the bangs ideas. So as a complete newbie, if I don't know much about Feng Shui, I've heard it's bad if your feet are facing toward a door in the bedroom when you sleep. Is that a thing? What you what we think about when we look at the form and where furniture goes is imagine chi as a big bucket of water. So pouring that big bucket of water into that bedroom, all of it is going to run straight to the person in the bed. Your bedroom is somewhere that you want to relax, where you want to sleep, where you want to get zen, right? And restore your energies. This was a front door. We don't want that bucket of water to go straight in the front door and straight out a back door. So solutions are putting like a round table in your atrium to divide it putting some kind of sculpture or something, depending on how big you know, the space you have in between the front and the back door, to slow down. So again, you imagine that water and the table in the center distributes the chi and makes it flow around, right? If you're offset, it's okay. There's got to be a door to the room, right? Like no matter where you go, there's a door. The, the good analogy is thinking of a bucket of water when you're looking at any space in your home. Is there good flow? Is my furniture arranged to where there's good flow? Let's picture pouring a bunch of water into your living room. Is there a couch where the back is blocking it and hitting it and making it so that no water's dispersing and interacting with your guests and interacting with the other furniture? We don't want that. That's It's very similar to the desk situation in the power position. Ideally, you don't want that couch blocking it off with everybody's back to where the most energy or bucket of water is coming in. So there are a lot of people who suffer from like insomnia or can't seem to get a good night's sleep for a variety of reasons. Do you have any advice there? Yeah. So if you are having trouble sleeping and you're just doing it yourself, right? You haven't called a feng shui consultant. First, look at your headboard. 
solid wood or upholstered headboard is ideal. Those iron bar rods, I have yet to meet a person that sleeps on a bed like that and they're sleeping okay. And that particularly I've found people come to me who have children sleeping on those because they're cute. They're iron rod, right? They look really cute. They create like a stabbing energy kind of, right? So it really stirs up the energy. Also, you don't want any storage above your headboard. So those wood headboards that have all the slots and the cubbies, we don't want any of that. You're just storing clutter and things around your head. Then we look under the bed. Picture that bucket of water pouring in the door. Is it going under the bed and around the bed? Because that's what you want. So you don't want any storage under your bed because that energy can't circulate you and help you restore and get that restorative sleep. So solid headboard, no clutter underneath. Those are two really big things. And then if somebody truly, truly is having sleep issues, what they can do is contact a classical feng shui consultant. That's the one you want because they look at what energy is coming in. Is it supportive to your sleep? So there is energy that's a little more aggressive that's going to keep you overthinking, that's going to keep you stressing, that kind of stirs you up, right? But then there's other energy that's very great to sleep in. Be mindful of the mirrors in your room. If you're laying in your bed and you can see your reflection in a large mirror, that's not good because mirrors bounce around energy as well. Energy comes in the door, comes in the windows, mirrors bounce it all around. You don't want your headboard on a window because that's not very stable. It's not very supportive because there's energy. Again, you're trying to get restorative sleep. You're trying to get Zen and relaxed, but if energy is coming in and out of that window, it's stirring it up. It's, you know, not letting you relax. So I know you told me that it doesn't matter if you actually own the home or maybe you're renting a home or an apartment. Um, tell me the story of the gal who was in a smaller space and she was renting. So this person was living in a shared space. It wasn't their home. They were renting a room. She was applying for jobs and had always been in some like smaller jobs and she really wanted to make a leap. And so I said, when you send out these emails and apply for your jobs, I want you to do it on the porch over here. And when you make your calls and have your coffee in the morning, I need you to interact over here on this back balcony because that's where the money energy is coming in. And when we go out in a space and use it, it sticks with us and we carry it around. So she did that. And I'm not joking. I think a month later, maybe even three weeks, she got a call and she got a 75% pay increase. <laughs> so if people are ever worried, I can't update the space, I can't paint or I can't, it's not a permanent home or I have roommates, it's not a problem. It's all about interacting and again, not as much the interior design. So that's a really, that's a really fun one. I like that one. I love the quick turnarounds. <laughs> Okay, let's say someone has a session with you. They make adjustments based on your recommendations. Does your home's feng shui change the energy change year to year, even if you're not moving anything within the house? When you build a home, think of it as like the home had a birthday and it became this capsule of chi. Okay, so it always has a base energy floor plan. But then 2020 brings a new set of numbers for each direction. 2021 brings a new set of energy for each direction. So 
What? So it's always changing. That's both fascinating and super confusing. I think I need to have you on speed dial. (laughs) Okay, so you take my floor plan and you overlay it with these numbers. Tell me more about the numbers. What do all the numbers mean? These numbers are so dynamic. Again, there is a color, there's an element, there's an emotion, there's a body part, there's an organ, there's a person in the family. That's why we can really see the story that unfolds when we read it, right? So the colors, so let's start with fire at the top of the elemental cycle. Fire is reds, oranges, magentas, purples, bright colors, fire. And shapes are triangle. If you're going to implement something to represent an element, do colors first. It's more powerful. But like for me, I, I hate the color red. So an area that needs fire, I put triangles in because I prefer that over red. Then the next thing in the cycle is earth. Earth is beiges, light yellow, skin tones, anywhere from a creamy to a rich brown, anything in that spectrum. The shape is square. Then you go to earth supports metal. Metal is metallic, so gold, silvers, but also whites and grays and the shape is round. So when we need metal and water in a space, we can get a round table or a round picture frame, but then like in the color of black, which is water. And contrary to popular belief, water is not represented by blues, it's represented by black. Think of like the bottom of the ocean is black, right? So water is black or like a deep, 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 deep navy blue. I include like a deep, deep purple as well. Anything really dark. And so water, those are those colors and water's shape is just an ambiguous asymmetrical form. And then water supports wood. Wood is the blues and the greens and the teals. And the shape is a rectangular long column shape. Let's um, talk for a second, if you would, about clutter. What does clutter mean in the world of feng shui? I've heard that it's a very bad thing, but I mean, is that something you subscribe to as well? So for my purists, for my feng shui masters that taught me, they don't see clutter has anything to do with feng shui. It's kind of this Western thing that's gotten brought in. Because if you really think about it, feng shui originated, it's how your environment affects you, how energy from the environment comes in. Piles and stacks and everything in your environment that is overwhelming or distracting or keeps that water bucket from flowing around, right? That stunts that flow, it's disruptive. So what clutter does is it changes our vibration. It makes us annoyed. It makes us frustrated. And so we're not putting in good energy into our space. So it's twofold. It's keeping the flow. It's keeping the energy from flowing nicely, but it's also making us not happy. (laughs) There's plenty of people that, and I'm one of them, especially creative people, our desks are a mess, but we call it like organized chaos. 
I do not have clutter around my bed or above my bed, right? So your desk can be, I'm pretty lenient on the clutter. Just is it blocking the correct energy from your front door, from your garage, you know? I'm a realtor in the Portland, Oregon area. So when you said feng shui can help people in the home buying process, my ears perked up and I want to know more. So if someone likes maybe a couple of houses and they're trying to make a buying decision, how can you help them with feng shui when they haven't even bought anything yet? You can, and you can do this before you buy a home, you can quickly run this calculation and say, okay, this combination is good. This combination of numbers is prosperous. This one shows that I'll have money in this home for the next 20 years. We can see that. We can see what home's going to be good for 20 years, what, what home is good for the next three. So yeah, you could also look at maybe the 1950s home has really good number combinations. And so it's always been a good prosperous home for everybody that's lived there. Energy cyclical. So chances are that there's probably a time period in there where it wasn't great, but it also could just have been bad luck from the get-go and all of that energy from the humans. Yeah. It's not as ideal if they just continually had bad luck in that home. So it's a tricky answer to that question, right? You have to really look at what are the numbers that fall over the space. Again, it's so custom, which is great. That means it's much more sustainable and a true practice. This idea of put two end tables next to your bed so you have a good relationship forever, or paint your front door red. I'm sure you, you probably hear that one. A front door being red is not always a good thing because the energy at the front door might not want fire. Speaking of that, I just want to let everyone know, I originally did this interview in April of 2021 and waited more than a full calendar year before I put this out because I wanted to do a full session with her and implement the things that she recommended. And I wanted to see a positive response so that I could in good faith, put this out and be confident in what we were saying here. And in this point in the interview, she introduces the concept of fire. And what's funny was that was one of the things that I needed at my front door. And so I wanted to really go backwards in time because one of my questions then was, how do you introduce fire into a room or an area that does not have a fireplace? Uh, it can be something as literal as candles, but depending on what we're balancing. So if we're balancing, let's say wood and earth, because wood and earth clash, but fire in that cycle goes wood, fire, earth. So to smooth out that relationship, we add in fire. It can be like a rock salt lamp. It can be an orange throw. It can be the colors that represent fire, which are red, orange, magentas, purples, pinks. So we can introduce the color or literal fire, candles. Even when you're not in your home and you're, if you're not working from home and you were in the office, your home has a piece of you in it at this point, right? Your energy is filled there. You feel, you sleep, you, you're connected to this home. It's actually pretty interesting. Everybody has a personal energy number based on their birthday. And when 
clients find their homes, if they didn't use me to pick a home and they just find an apartment or find a home and they're like, Jeanette, I love this one. Here we go. I moved in. I'm like, well, you should have checked with me first, but that's okay. What we see is their personal energy number usually shows up at the front or in the center of the home. And it's just more proof that our homes sometimes choose us and attract us. And there's a piece of us there. When you're out, you're, you're connected to your home. So the things that are happening to you at your home affect you when you're out in the world. Your home is still what's attracting the energy and supporting you. And so just because you work from an office during the day doesn't mean your home doesn't affect you, right? So, but if you are working from home, look at how you're sitting, face the door, face the entry in a really power stable position. So you've mentioned personal energy numbers. I'm dying to know how do I find out what my personal energy number is? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I created a really easy cheat sheet. So you can go to my Instagram or you can go to my website, put in your email. And I created this whole long PDF. You go by your birthday and there's a personal energy number right there for you. The link will show you where to go. And then I created little packets explaining your personal energy number, your lucky directions, some fun insights about characteristics you might have and colors that are good for you. Wait a minute. We have lucky directions. Yes, you have lucky directions. Lucky directions are a part of eight mansion feng shui. So they're fun to know but they, we don't necessarily prioritize them. We prioritize what the energy coming in is. So we look at that calculation, where are the auspicious numbers, and we use those. It's just a double bonus if you can sleep in your lucky direction, but very rarely can we get it all right. And very often, husbands and wives or couples, they are usually the opposite lucky directions. So then everybody panics and they're like, well, where am I supposed to sleep? And where am I supposed to sleep? And so the lucky directions are very fun to see. And like I said, it's a nice added bonus, but we prioritize the energy that's coming in and we don't panic if we're not in a lucky direction. As I mentioned briefly earlier, I had a full home consultation with Jeanette and one of my marching orders was that I needed to open my front door and leave it open more often to let the money in. Well, because my front door is modern with a tall, skinny window that runs from the top to the bottom, I wasn't about to cover it up with a screen door like that would smash my whole curb appeal. So after some time chewing on this particular puzzle, I settled on a phantom screen, which is mounted to the side of the door invisibly, like in the frame, and it unrolls like a window shade except sideways and it has a magnet fastener to keep it closed. When you want to open the screen, you release the magnet and it rolls invisibly back into place and no one can even tell it's there. We only have it closed, of course, when the weather is nice and the door is open. It ended up being my favorite change in the house as a result of our consult, something I would have likely not done without her prompting. It was so funny because Jeanette's response after we hung up our phone call together was, ah, we ended at one, 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 like 
111. And I'm like, what does that mean? And she explained that angel numbers in general are just nods and pats on the back from the universe. Your angels, your ancestors, however you want to think of it. Triple digit numbers saying, great job, you're aligned. Keep an eye out and I'm sure you'll start to see them too. If you're on the fence about something, she said, and I see 444, I do it. You'll just start to form your own code. But generally, 111, when you see it, means your intentions are manifesting quickly. And make sure you're focusing on what you actually want and not what you don't want. If you long for a more fulfilling outdoor space, have you listened to episode 26 yet? How much outdoor space do you have to work with? Would you say that you spend a lot of time out there, a little time or no time out there? Why is that? Let's deep dive into thoughts and planning about your outdoor space and your reason. Episode 26 also includes a list of 35 ideas for that outdoor space of yours. Jeanette, if you would, can you share with everyone how they can get in touch with you? Easiest, quickest way to find me is Instagram. Elemental Clarity is the name of my business. Also on YouTube where I get visual and I talk about personal energy numbers and all these tips as well. Elemental Clarity. And then the website is elemental clarity.com. That's why I say Instagram's easier. There's no hyphen. <laughs> when you buy a home with a realtor who's also a home functionality coach, you get the added value of an expert to think through how the space can be used to its best and highest potential, specific to the needs, passions, and values of your family. If you're thinking of buying or selling, use an agent that has dual expertise. I can also list a home and stage it to make sense out of odd spaces so you get the most out of your investment. If you have a smart home system, you can say, play the Home Space and Reason podcast by Apple and easily listen on any Echo or Dot. I have gift certificates available for home functionality coaching sessions, and it can be the ideal housewarming gift. Head over to my website, spaceandreason.com, and click on the Imagine link. Follow along on all the socials at Space and Reason. Thanks for sitting in on this conversation about creating a home that thrives. I'll meet you back here for the next episode. 